Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. How many of you know what these are? Well, let's face it, we all know what these are, right? Some of us are more familiar with them than others. Um, but these are belts. A few, uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, um, I had a belt and it broke. I had the same belt for 10 years, about, and it finally broke on me and I was super disgusted and I had to go on the search for a new belt. And Heidi went out and she bought a couple belts at Frenchie's, because why not? And she brought them home, and they look great. Um, but then I put them on, and they started to fall apart. You guys ever have one of those leather belts that starts to fall apart? Why do, why do these leather belts fall apart? Because they're not leather. Right? And there are a few things you can do to tell whether it's real leather or not leather. Number one is, does it even look like leather? Right? Like this one here has got a texture to it. It's, not, it's a little rough. This one is smooth, kind of like plastic. Which one's leather? Probably this one. The other thing is, is this one flexy and bendable and does it smell like leather? Well, this one doesn't smell like anything except sweat at this point, but <laughs> this, this one kind of just is cold, and it flexes a little bit, but not very much. And then there's also one final real good tell. Um, is this thing solid material the whole way through, or does it, can you bend it until it cracks, right? Real leather doesn't crack and bust open like this. And so there are certain things that you can do to tell the difference between a real leather belt and a plastic belt, right? And let's be honest, nobody wants to go out and buy, if you're looking for a leather belt, you don't want to go out and buy a fake leather belt when what you want is a real leather belt, right? Because you're going to wear it three times and it's going to break on you or it's going to bend on you or it starts falling apart. And then you're just going to be really annoyed and disappointed because it's not doing what you wanted it to do, right? Some of you have gone out and bought Oakley sunglasses just to find out that it's not actually Oakley on the sunglasses, it's Folkley. <laughs> right? Some of you have gone out and you've, you've bought certain Apple products or headphones and you're like, oh man, these are legit. You've been on Amazon and you've looked for things and you're like, oh, this is name brand, whatever, whatever, and you got it and you got it home and you realized it's not. You ever get that, that, that like sinking feeling in your gut? You're like, oh, shoot. You, guys, you spent the money on the thing thinking it was legit and then you found out it was a fake. Anybody been through that experience with one thing or another? It stinks, doesn't it? It's hard to tell, and sometimes it can be very hard to tell, even on, even on Amazon or whatever, going through the reviews, because some of the reviews are fake. It can be really hard to tell what's real and what's not. And even beyond that, even between the, the real stuff and the fake stuff, 
Many of you have gone through the process of buying a house or buying a car, and you're trying to figure out what is the best vehicle that I'm supposed to get. And so you're looking at different manufacturers, you're looking at different models, and every manufacturer has their own opinion about different makes and models, don't they? And you'll go to Toyota or Honda or Ford or wherever, and they will always tell you that their type of vehicle is the best, right? So how do you know what is actually the best? Then we come to the Bible, and we're trying to figure out the Bible, we're trying to understand the Bible, we're trying to read it and make sense of the Bible, and so what do we do? We go and we read the Bible and we go, oh, I'm not sure what that means. And so you go looking for advice, you check the reviews, you go figuring out how do I know what is true and untrue, what am I, how am I supposed to make sense of this? But the problem is you get reading a book and you're like, I don't know if this book is accurate. You go to Google and you Google stuff and you're reading the 10,000 articles and you're like, I don't know if this article is valid. You start reading posts on Facebook or you join some kind of TikTok group and you're listening to their videos on commentaries and all these different things and you're left going, but how do I know it's true? How do I know that what they're saying is actually what the Bible says? And so you read books and commentaries, websites, you deal with certain pastors and churches, articles, schools, and Google... And nobody wants to be taken advantage of. Nobody wants to be given the fake product. No one wants to be led down a path that's false. So how are we supposed to go through all of that material and actually figure out what is true and what is fake? What is good and what is bad? What, what is real leather and what is fake leather? Well, I want you to know that the Bible... And the authors of the Bible have been dealing with those types of questions for a very long time. And I'm going to go through a few passages here just quickly for you to, to point this out. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, Paul writes to the young pastor and he says this, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine or correct teaching. They won't put up with correct teaching. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul writes to the, Thessal the, the church in Thessalonica, he says, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, which is the distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. That's there because Paul actually hand wrote a letter to that church to say, hey, this is my signature. I know you've been getting letters from other people claiming to be me and trying to teach you things, but this is me. This is me writing it. This is my signature. This is how you know this is true. In 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7, again, Paul is writing to this young pastor named Timothy, and he says, they want, these people, they want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they 
or what they so confidently affirm. Colossians 2, verse 8, as Milka read, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. And in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 and 5, 3 to 5, it says this. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction or proper teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy and strife and malicious talk. Evil suspicions and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. This is a problem that has been around for a long time. How do you know what is true and what's false? What are we supposed to use to gauge our further study and our understanding of Scripture? Let me give you one simple principle and then we'll flesh it out. God's basic truth is the best guide for all other information. God's basic truth is the best guide for all other information. This is what that means. If you are reading a commentary, if you are reading an article online, if you are listening to a sermon online, if you're listening to a pastor, if you're going to a church, if you're reading some book, whatever it is, if you're going using all that information, digging through all that stuff, they must at least, they must affirm, agree with, state that they agree with, or they must at least not speak against it. That Jesus is God and Savior. That Scripture and all of Scripture is true. And that the Gospel is that we are all sinners who can only be saved through the death and resurrection of Jesus who destined us for eternal life and resurrection with Him. If you are reading an article online and they say, Jesus was a good man, but He wasn't the Savior. You can put that in the I might not bother reading this pile. If you're reading a, a book, a commentary on the Bible, and they say, you know what? There are other ways to be saved other than Jesus. Uh, don't bother. If you're watching a video 
and they're explaining something about God, and they say, you know, most of the Bible is true, but there are a couple parts that we know were made up and really aren't accurate. Ditch it. God's basic truth is the guide for all other information. The other things it, need, it needs to, those resources need to have is one, they cannot be endless, meaningless, pointless arguments about nothing that really matters. Okay, if you're reading articles about whether or not Jesus had six toes or five, don't bother. If you're reading articles that go on and on and on about how many generations there are between David and Jesus, and and they're saying that everything depends on how many generations they, they were, because that depends on, that determines how many years until the final revelation and, and tribulation, and we're all ascended to heaven. Don't bother. And if what you're reading or listening or watching does not result in you becoming more like Jesus, don't bother with it. If it's making you envious, jealous, full of shame, full of hatred towards somebody, full of pride, thinking that you are better than somebody else, don't bother with it. This is what Paul says. That we need to hold to the teachings of Christ and godly teaching and avoid these empty arguments that do not make us more like Christ. Now, granted, yes, sure. Is there a value in reading all the material out there just to, so you can understand what, what people think and how what other religions say and so you can wrestle through some of that stuff and understand, sure, sure, there can be value in reading all the stuff that's out there. But one, you've got to be real smart and real careful when you're doing that. And two, you've got to understand what you're doing. You've got to understand that you are simply reading somebody else's perspective and you cannot take that as truth. If you want to read about a Muslim perspective on the Bible, fine. You may, you'll, you'll learn stuff. But you need to understand that that is a Muslim perspective of the Bible. And that is not truth. Does that make sense? God's basic truth is the guide for all other information. And so it must affirm or at least not deny that Jesus is God and Savior that the whole Scriptures are true, and that the Gospel is that we are all sinners and can only be saved through the death and resurrection of Jesus who destined us for eternal life and resurrection with Him. They cannot be meaningless, endless, pointless arguments. And it has to make you more like Christ, not less. Those are your basic guidelines for figuring out what resources are out there and helping you grow in understanding the Bible. Now, 
What does that practically look like for us? Well, let me give you some examples. Number one, avoid known heresies. Heresies are improper or false teachings about God, okay? Avoid known heresies or extremists or questionable sources. If you are greeted by somebody from the Jehovah Witness or the Mormon church, and they give you one of their nice little booklets, They do not affirm that Jesus is God and Savior alone and that all Scripture is God-breathed and is true. So what does that tell you? Are their sources valuable and reliable? No. So don't bother with it. When you are reading commentaries and trying to dig into the Bible, use sources that pastors and leaders that you trust recommend or can check. You may have a book that I've recommended. It's probably okay for you to hold on to that. Or you may have a book. You may pick up a book or read an article and be like, I've never heard of this guy. I don't know what he believes. I'm going to send that. I'm going to send a message to one of my pastors or one of my leaders, and I'm going to say, have you ever heard of this guy? Is this guy legit or is he a quack? By all means, send us those messages and we will help you do some research to figure out what they believe. When you are digging into the Bible, commentaries are good, articles can be good, but your most valuable resources are going to be the ones that point you back to the Scriptures. Those resources, like we talked about last week even, are your concordance, your dictionary, your maps, and your basic Bible translations. If you want to know about worry, you can read articles about worry. Those are great, but they need to be articles that point you back to the Scriptures and show you in the Bible what the Bible says. You can also just look up the word worry and read all the Scriptures that talk about worry. If you're having trouble understanding what those passages say, try reading it in a different translation. Try it reading in the NIV or the New King James or the ESV or the Message or the New Living Translation. Try a bunch of them and help dig into it. Your most valuable resources are going to point you back to the Scriptures. Books and resources that have endorsements from authors and people you trust, that's good. If you've ever heard of a guy named Francis Chan, he's a wonderful pastor, he's a wonderful teacher, he's got some wonderful resources out there. If he says, this is a good book, that's a sign that you can trust it. But make sure you always use sources that point you to the Scriptures and then check the Scriptures yourself. It's like verifying whether or not the belt you're looking at is made of leather or fake leather. You've got to do a little bit of homework. You've got to test it a little bit. You've got to feel it in your hands. You've got to look it over. You've got to smell it. You've got to taste it. Maybe not taste it. But you've got to do your investigation to figure out if it's good or bad. 
And when you're dealing with the Bible, there are so many opinions, so many resources out there. And you need to understand that God's basic truth is the best guide for all other information. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.